What's up all you beautiful people? Happy Thursday. Thursday, March 18th is when I'm recording at least this intro. We did this podcast last week. But, you know, I'm uh, not the best at getting things out. So this is going out today. Um, it is slightly rainy and just one of those days that feels very British which I guess uh, makes sense because yesterday was St. Paddy's Day. I know, huge holiday. I'm sure all y'all were out in the streets celebrating with your green beer. Um, It was good, though. You know, I think getting getting brought up in the place that I did, in the community that I did, uh, we did really have a sense of tradition in our own like weirdo North Bay hippie way and the importance of, of, of having your tradition centered around joy. And, uh, this year, you know, for St. Patrick's day, (laughs) not saying I'm the most Irish, although I do believe I have some Irish blood in me. I love the Irish. Um, this year though, uh, voice crack. Um, this year I decided to to uh, revitalize an old custom that uh, that me and my brother got to participate in when we were younger. Um, you know, if if you've listened back to my episode with Marsha Thelen, I think it's called Mrs. Hippie. Um, she's like the matriarch of this place called the Red House, and me and my brother spent a lot of time there. And there was this one year where. Uh, her son, Ace, shout out Ace Thelen. Um, I don't know if it was the first time that I watched. It might have been the first time I watched Braveheart. It was on a St. Paddy's Day. But I remember, you know, grandmother, Marsha, had made this delicious corned beef hash stew. It was kind of a day, not too unlike the day that we're having right now, where it was kind of rainy out. And it was cozy in the house with the fire. And we had this stew and we watched Braveheart, and we ate a great big bowl of Lucky Charms. Yes, that's the true hippie way. You know, you can have granola, you can eat your organic veggies, but you got to have that hippie grandmother to to get you a nice bowl of Lucky Charms when the situation calls for it. So I wanted to bring back that custom this year, and so, you know, I called my brother and was like, hey, Tony, let's do this. So we... uh I went to like four markets to find the corned beef hash and the makings and and uh, got a great big box of Lucky Charms and a big bottle of Strauss Organic whole milk with the cream on top. And uh, man, it was great. Braveheart's awesome. It's hilarious. I mean, Mel Gibson is kind of a joke at this point and watching him in his like, you know, most serious of roles, you know, the the parallels between him, you know, that that he put as the director and the and the star of the movie. I mean, it's just he's just setting himself up to be a messiah. There's so much Jesus references and you could knowing Mel, you know, his later films and the controversies and who he is, you you watch it in in 2021 and it's it's just loud uh, how how much the guy is 
wants to be seen as Christ in this movie. And the just the dialogue is just great. You know, I love Braveheart. It's it's got just the right amount of uh of comedy mixed in so that it doesn't, you know, I feel like a lot of these epic Hollywood epic Oscar grabs the mistake that they make so often is that they make this, it's like so much drama and it's like, dude, it's a three hour movie. Like I need some release. If it's drama for that long, it just kind of becomes a slog to get through. And, you know, being able to cut through with some humor at times, dark humor, uh, that really, I think helps the story move along. And, um, you know, we watched it in my room and for the first time in HD actually. And I was surprised at just how, beautiful the colors were they did the cinematographer did a great job in that film it's pretty clear to me that even though mel got the title or the credit for director like pretty sure there was someone else uh, making a lot of the calls because that movie is so beautifully structured and directed and no surprise it got best picture um so yeah we we sat down we had our stew we had a bottle of guinness each you know, Guinness in the U.S., for those of you that have been to Ireland, like, stout is just such a different thing. Um, I don't know if it's because we have to pasteurize everything over here, but when I visited Ireland and I had, you know, I think my first stout was a Guinness, but I, but I, I've tended to prefer Murphy's. Um, it's just a different experience. It's, it's, it's like, the way I describe it is it's like similar flavor to what we get over here, but the consistency of the beer is like almost like if you've had like a cappuccino, it's like that fluff, that foam. It's like the whole beer is this like almost froth and it, it really lifts the flavor tones of, of that like dark, like heavy stout and makes it a little bit lighter to, there's more complexity to the flavor. And, uh, and I feel like ever since I went to Ireland and tried it, you know, when you go to the, to the pub and you order a pint, if you get a stout, uh, they may, they won't even give it to you for five minutes. They like fill it and then it sits behind the bar and you can watch your drink and like after five minutes, then they'll give it to you, but you can ask for it. They won't give it to you until you wait. So I thought that was a cool little cultural thing that we don't have here. Um, some nice Irish tradition. So we had to settle for some, you know, Guinness out of a bottle and it didn't quite have that, that frothy nature, but it was still tasty. And, uh, and then we each had a giant bowl of Lucky Charms and boy, I'll tell you, you know, when you're little, you know, and my brother had the line of the night, he said, you know, when I was a kid, if you had told me that someday I would be able to afford all the sugar cereal I could ever want and that I wouldn't always eat sugar cereal, I would have been like, no way. And uh, we put that to the test last night. And, and let me just say, we didn't pay with money. <laughs> that stuff is hard on the body. I think my brother was up all night with acid reflux. I would defared a little better, but it was like, after a big bowl of Lucky Charms, your body's just kind of like, what did you do to me? What did you put me through? It was delicious. It was very, very tasty. But uh, but uh, yeah, it, it it faded pretty hard. Um, but all in all, it was a lovely evening and really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, went to bed last night and there was like a cloud of toxic gas in my neighborhood. It smelled like burning plastic and, and thus today 
bringing it back home. I'm very grateful for this rain and this weather that, that makes me feel like it's okay to kind of relax a little more and, and be a little more in my little hermit zone. So with that intention, I will be introducing um, my guest for today, which is a very, very lovely human being that I have the pleasure of knowing and calling my friend. Um, she is none other than Miss Stella Rose, a.k.a. Tara Diva. Tara is, is the woman that I met, uh, and Stella Rose is the character that she becomes when she goes on stage in, a, in her cabaret setting. And I met Tara a few years back. Um, I was... I got, I got brought on tour uh, with the California Honey Drops for a couple weeks when they made a Northwest run. We went to High Sierra Music Festival and then uh, from there up to Southern Oregon and we ended up at the Oregon Country Fair. And for those of you that don't know, the Oregon Country, the Oregon Country Fair is just this amazing like psychedelic crafts fair. Um, it's kind of got some like renaissance feel to it. You might see people, you know, there's a lot of people in dressed up in fanciful outfits and juggling and performing. There's, it's, it's on this large acreage that's owned by the Ken Kesey family and uh, it's outside of Eugene. And in the daytime, you know, it's a, um, it's a rather large crafts fair and the public is in there and it's just like, it's in this grove of trees, meandering pathways with little nooks here and there. And there's all sorts of cool little art installations and little craft booths where you can find anything from masks to glass blowing to cool beads to, you know, all sorts of little delectables and delightables. Um, one guy I remember had makes these like really cool stump. He takes like tree stumps and makes faces out of the knobs and they're carved and they look really amazing and uh all sorts of jewelry i think one one classic booth i saw this guy just had a couple boxes of like assorted bones <laughs> it's just like the bone the bone slanger <laughs> the bone warden and it was very very spot on for the culture you might go get a you know go to the bulk bone bin and get yourself your year's allotment of bones um but then at sunset, uh, it's this amazing thing happens. Uh, a troubadour of musicians, a troubadour, is that even the right word? A, a troop, my, my mistake. A troop of troubadours, a troop of musicians, then um, it's called the sweep. They, it's kind of like this parade, ad hoc parade at sunset. And all these musicians push the public out of the fairgrounds. So it's like this big, joyful, like time to go home and, I got to play, you know, in March with, with the a lot of the Honey Drops members um, who participated in the sweep, and you know, gently and and kind of like with that mischievous, psychedelic good humor, push the public out. They all leave. It's time to go home. And then once uh, the public is gone, there's still about, I think the, there's like seventy thousand public. But then in the evening time, the crew alone for the festival is like twenty thousand people, and so when the lights go down and the sun goes down, um, the whole fairground turns into this like 
Alice in Wonderland psychedelic midnight adventure and there's people playing music and there's uh, just all sorts of crazy cool art being made and done puppet shows and uh, they have a, a giant sauna this spa called the Ritz where there's bands performing on stage to crowds of um, you know I, I got to see the honey drops play to like a crowd of like I don't know 200 or 100 people that were all naked just standing around a fire you know classic north coast north pacific northwest hippie vibes uh and it just was an it was just an incredible experience and and tara was one of the really amazing creative souls that uh that i got to encounter in, in this context and she came and hung out in our camp and was such a lovely person and we immediately developed a, a friendship and uh I think a year or two later, uh, she ended up coming and staying at my house, you know, for I think like 11 days. And, um, it was really sweet having her around and she was in the middle of the, of the travel of her own adventure. And so this was kind of like a safe Harbor for her to come and stay at. And, you know, as a traveler myself, like it's such an important part when you're doing these long trips, when you can be taken in, when someone takes you in and like provides like a hot shower and a, place to stay and rest for a minute it's it, there's nothing that you can do that's a bigger deal for a traveler than to take them in and provide them uh a, a safe space to stay for a couple of days and um being able to being on the other end many times like being able to offer that to someone is something that i really think is important and certainly was like a huge part of our friendship and um and really brought us closer and so she was an obvious choice, you know, being someone who has been courageous enough to set out on her own creative path and really try to define herself as an artist, excuse me, and, uh, and really to make her craft, you know, a big part of her, of her output in her life which I really admire so much. Um, those are the type of people, if you haven't, if you haven't noticed that, that I like to feature on this show and, uh, I could have think of no one more worthy of, of, and, and more interesting to talk to. So she came on and we kind of talk about her story of how she got into doing burlesque, how she developed this character, Stella Rose. And, um, and then how she launched, uh, this Patreon platform that, uh, that is now like the chief output of, of her work during the shutdown. Excuse me. So all that being said, um, go check her out. She's an amazing soul. She's such a sweetheart. We get into all sorts of cool stories and kind of talk about general artist philosophy stuff too. I really hope you guys enjoy it without further ado. Let me introduce to you, Miss Stella Rose on this episode 27 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise.
telling me that you are breakfastless as of today. No breakfast today. I'm I'm breakfastless. The word I've never said, but it's true. I think that's the first time I've said that too. It's the first for us. What uh Okay just, though. Was it an intention? I forget what you said. Was it an intentional breakfastless day or was this a, a practical, a practice? Uh, or just a happenstance? This was it was a happenstance. I woke up and I had coffee and um I I didn't have any breakfast food. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I had sweet potatoes and sauerkraut and a bunch of random things. And so mm. I decided to um, do all my creative me time things before I went over to my sister's house. And that's where I raided her fridge nice. um, as a good sister, a good broke sister does. That's what sisters are for. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Howard, where are you right now? Where let's, let's, let's locate you in the world. Let's echo locate you. Where All right. You? So You're not in Hawaii, I don't think, right? I'm not. No, I wish I was. I'll be I'll be there soon, but I'm in I'm in Virginia right now. Um I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, mm. to be exact. Um it's where I pretty much grew up. I moved around a lot, but um we were we lived here for the biggest chunk of my my teenage years. How is how is Charlottesville on this Tuesday? Honestly, it's, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I've been definitely very locked down during this time. The reason I'm here is I'm taking care of my father who is, has gone through a bunch of really scary health things. Um, and he's doing a lot better now. Um, but yeah, we've just been, I've just been taking care of him. So I haven't been out and about as much, but today was the first day that I got my feet in a creek. I took my nephew um, to the Ravana and that felt amazing and it was cool to feed off of his energy because he's four years old in a pandemic and it's just crazy, you know, like he's definitely afraid of strangers and, you know, like that'll pass. It's just, it was really interesting to go out to a park and get him to take off his shoes and splash and his joy was so intoxicating and I felt it too and um, so Today was warm, and I heard uh, tree frogs before I got mm-hmm. on the phone with you for the first time, and that was huge. It was that's, great. That's awesome. Are you guys, Are you in a yeah. like? Are you in the snow belt, or are you too south for snow? We had no. I mean, well, some years, yes. Like this is the first winter that uh, we had like solid, like a four solid snow days. Um, and I feel so lucky because I didn't grow up with that necessarily. Um, and I've been in Hawaii for eight years now um, in this like eternal summer, which has been wonderful. But, you know, I, I am a seasonal human um, as far as like what's in my my blood. Um, so a it's, seasonal it's human so that cool. lives in a seasonless place for most of her life. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Something's wrong. I mean, there's seasons. It's just more about, you know, they're subtle. Subtle seasons. Well, I mean, that's the same in California. We don't really have much in the way of seasons out here. It's like sometimes it gets cold, but we just had like a heat wave last week and it was in the like 70s to low 80s. Oh, that's nice. Real nice. Well, darling, I I guess I should have asked this in the beginning of our conversation, but 
in this conversation, am I speaking to you as Tara Diva or as Miss Stella Rose? <laughs> mm, you can call me whatever you like, honey. But <laughs> You could call me I, anything I, but late for dinner. That's for sure. Maybe late for breakfast, but <laughs> um, you can call me Stella Rose since I'm trying this out. Um, you know, I mean, you know me. And I'm I'm Tara mm-hmm. to you, but yeah, let's go for it. I'm Stella today. Okay, Stella. Um, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to ask you. Maybe this is a good like jumping off point um, to just. Well, first, maybe let's. Can you just explain to to my listeners just um, how you like conceptualize and define yourself as an artist, and uh, for for yeah. someone that's never heard of either Tara or Stella. How would you describe, yeah. uh, you know, the the three dimensional footsteps of your creativity on this plane of existence? Mm. Well, I love that. Um, well, I'm a performer, and I have my roots are in musical theater, um, and I took a definite leap of faith or whatever away um, from that path, um, and dabbled in songwriting and, um, and kind of connected with my bluegrass roots, um, cause my partner was in a bluegrass band and, um, but definitely put like performing on the shelf for years. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I, I split with my partner who I was about to marry and things were definitely like my life was going in a totally different direction. Um, and I needed to kind of reclaim myself. Um, and one, one thing that was really helpful was this burlesque class that I took. Um, and I took it for just for fun. Um, and I've always loved going to see burlesque shows whenever I'm in a new city or that's like my ideal night out. One of, my ideal nights out and so I was like wow I could do that like let me just try and mm-hmm. and the first class that I had they were like okay so you know we're gonna we're having a showcase if anyone wants to perform and you know this dormant place in me just like bubbled to the surface and was like me 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 let me get on stage <laughs> I need to do it yeah. <laughs> and um I was literally one class in so it was totally ridiculous but it it all moved so fast and um Uh, It was with the Cherry Blossom Cabaret Mm -hmm. out in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they had this showcase. And, you know, I infused my musical theater background um, with, you know, so it was a song. I wanted to sing no matter what, because I am a singer first and foremost. Um, But then, you know, I was like, okay, well, it's I was doing feeling good. And I and I wanted to, you know, look deeper into the song and, and make a story and, and act it out. And I had this suitcase and I had this ring and I took it off and I did all these things. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, the burlesque world helped this, this uh, Stella Rose enigma come out because um, you know, you pick a name. It's um, it's part of the fun of it. It's, it's supposed to be goofy, you know, and everyone's names are sexy or goofy or just, you know, ridiculous. Um, and 
I was trying to think of one and nothing felt right. And I remembered these stories that my dad would tell me about my great grandmother. And she was, um, she was allegedly a vaudeville performer, um, Mm. and went by the stage name of Stella Rose. Mm. Um, and so I just, I was like, well, and she never really did anything with it. You know, she, she, um, her career, um, was, cut short, you know, by motherhood and the times and a husband who left her. So I kind of take, I, 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 my intention is to take her energy, her name and, um, you know, uh, put it, put it, put my own, um, art with, fuse our, our destinies together. How about, (laughs) um, do it for her in a way and do it for me. It was really just an excuse to get back on the stage. Um, so yeah, I'm a cabaret performer. I think that that that's what works, you know. Um, I wouldn't call myself fully burlesque, and I'm I I can't really commit fully to singer songwriter. So cabaret performer really um, has can you that genre has held me very well. Yeah, totally. Can you just for both myself and for those listening who may not be aware, like, can you describe? Can you give us your definition of each of those things, and maybe talk about the difference yeah. between burlesque and cabaret? Absolutely. It would be my honor. Um, so burlesque um, comes from Italy, uh, apparently. Um, I've been doing some research recently about what its true origins are. and um, But it's, it's an art form that literally means um, a mockery. And uh, a um, burla is Italian for mock. Um, and it would... It, it was about, you know, little moments of striptease in between um, comedy acts. And so it was always a night of, of fun and absurdity. Um, and so the striptease evolved and kept on growing. It came, you know, it went through Berlin and Paris and came to America and, um, and went through um, the music halls and the minstrel shows and vaudeville and all of these different containers. Um, but it was always about... Uh, an, an absurd striptease, <laughs> like a comedic mm-hmm. striptease. Um, and slowly the stripteases became more, you know, bigger parts of the shows. People were obviously more uh, interested in them than these <laughs> kind of tired old comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and literally the comics started to get old. And, um, and but that, that in turn, this is around the 20s, that in turn um, attracted more policing, um, and so then, um, TV, you know, came about and people lost interest in those kinds of shows. Um, other things happened as well, but like people stopped coming to these shows. And I, and from what I understand that that's where erotic dancing and, and, you know, strip clubs came out of that kind of like, ah, we're not like we're not holding people's attention anymore with this more theatrical, um, you know, costume based, very, um, extravagant think like, um, you know, I don't know if, if, if anybody's familiar with the follies, but, um, you know, big, big productions with feathers and, and, yeah. um, all kinds of extravagant stuff. So Car- carnival type. They, so, yeah, totally. And circus, it's all, you know, it all, um, people stopped um, being interested in that. And then 
around the 1990s, there was just a resurgence. And I'm, I'm curious about why and how, but um, I, you know, we're always kind of digging in the past and, and bringing back old art forms. Um, so it's been lately, there's been a whole renaissance of burlesque and um, reclaiming it, especially for like just body positivity and, um, and the feminist movement, like it's, it's a very empowering way to take back um, personally, to take back my own idea of my sensuality and my femininity and, um, and enjoy it and let others enjoy it as well. Um, and it's a, it's a very safe consensual exploration of humor and costume and the art of the tease, the strip tease, um, the reveal of something emotional and physical with the costume. Um, so is the cabaret, burlesque. Like, do burlesques happen in a cabaret? I'm sorry if, if you explain. They can. Yeah. Okay. No, it's good. That was so, so then cabaret is technically, um, a night of short acts, a nightclub or restaurant setting. And, is the acts are song driven. So whether or not it's a very kind of traditional, you know, um, woman or man with a microphone leaning on a piano and taking you through a night of different songs, usually from musicals and stuff. And, um, or it's more, you know, raucous and variety show based. So there would be, you know, an MC and, um, and then there might be, you know, a burlesque performance and, um, and then maybe something more variety based like circus, um, or juggling or, um, or comedy. So it can be a variety show for sure, but it's always song driven mm. cabarets. Nice. So there is that musical component. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was curious. Um, so you said that you got, you got this exp exposure in this class, uh, and the, this was when you were, were you living on the farm in, in, on Oahu at this time? Yeah, I had just moved to the farm, um, after, yeah, I'm trying to think back. Uh-huh. I was fresh on the farm. Mm -hmm. Fresh on the farm. So I moved to this little farm, um, called Full Circle Farm. It was called Green Rose Farm, but, um, community living and, you know, exploring permaculture and organic farming and all kinds of good stuff. Um, and that's, that's right around the time that I, I started taking these burlesque classes. You know, it's, it's funny hearing you describe that experience on your first day. I remember my senior year of college at SF state, I was taking, I took this, I was a, it was a communication major and I took this class that was like, I think it was called like the communication of drama but it was like a performance class and we were like exploring communication through translating written art into live performance. So I, there was a number of different pieces where, I, you know, we had to get this book of poetry and I had to choose a couple different poems and then make a performance out of it where I like was reciting it. And I remember this one I got was about, it was called like Mr. Earthquake and mm -hmm. I uh, I forget who who wrote it, but uh, I was trying to like get think as much outside the box. So I like slipped out uh, when it was my turn. I slipped out like at the at the end of the person before me, and then when I heard them call my name, 
I started the whole thing by like, I opened the door and just ran in the room screaming at the top of my <laughs> lungs. And I had like set up chairs before the class, like on top of tables and stuff. And I just started knocking chairs, turning over desks, shaking people's like chairs they were sitting in and yelling at them. And I did this whole like theatrical, like earthquake reenactment. And then I, yeah, like, you, <laughs> I, uh, and then I was breathing super hard, of course. And then I had, um, I had my melodica and then I was like, played like it, I, I recited it with a song, like in, in a song voice playing some like bluesy melodica stuff. And, uh, it kind of like you, what you described that experience to me, it, it felt like, you know, almost akin to what I was doing, albeit, you know, probably not as sexy. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Right. <laughs> Everybody's got a kink. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe there's a shake, shake chaser, quake chaser. <laughs> but but I like oh, that's that so idea. Good to that, imagine. Yeah, I like that idea that like this that this kind of performance, live performance art, can have so many different moods or colors, and sensuality mm. is definitely like a really provocative and and fun one to explore and um how long was it before you began performing outside of your class oh my god immediately it was cool that one showcase became a monthly it was called a monthly at anna's at this bar um that's unfortunately closed now um but yeah it, so uh, immediately they were like okay we want to do this again it was amazing and find make another act you know um mm. And I think that that was, that's one aspect that really, really works for me and my, you know, we've all got our things and, you know, um, it's hard for me to focus. Uh, it's hard for me to commit to things and, um, you know, having like one word or one theme of the next show, like, okay, we're doing a Valentine's day show. And I sit there and I say, okay, cool. Like, something new, something fresh. What do I want? What, how do I feel about love? You know, and usually it's something, I think the last Valentine's Day show is all about like about self love and whatever, you know, and, and I can find a song then. And it's, it's this great process, usually a month long of like, okay, so what song fits this? How can I, like you were saying, you know, like, how can I, how can I think outside the box with this poem how can I make people feel an earthquake rather than be talked at? Um, and, you know, so, so that's, that's one aspect that I really, really love um, is this kind of quick turnaround. And granted, like if I spent some more time on each act, <laughs> things would probably work out for me better. Um, but I like things to be fresh and improvisational and um, yeah, it, it works for me to, to be, have a constant, um, influx of new ideas. Was this the location that you did the take another piece of my heart? Was that that bar? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was the Valentine's day one. <laughs> oh, that was what you did. Okay, cool. Yeah. I watched that. I watched that, uh, in prep for this, for the show today. And, uh, I was curious, was that cake at the end that you had the knife in? Was that like a heart? It looked like a heart, right? And I didn't even really, it was a heart. Yes. I, I, the, I made a cake that was shaped like a real human heart. And it was like a oversized human heart. Um, with like all the arteries, <laughs> I had like a raspberry jam that looked like blood. Um, 
<laughs> and yeah, the whole idea is like, you know, like, you know what, take another piece of my heart, like, you know, and, and at the end, I'm the one eating, eating it and taking back my power. And, you know, the, the next time I did it, I didn't film it, but the next time I did it, I got real, real messy with the cake. Eat your heart out. Food. Eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminded me of, I don't know if you are a Game of Thrones fan, but there's a, mm-hmm. there's a very memorable scene where the Khaleesi has to eat the horse heart. And oh my God. <laughs> it kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. Good. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So you had, you, you, that's so cool. Like going straight from your class into, into this show and, were there others in your class that were, were part of the cabaret as well? That, that was it just you that, that was doing these shows or was it, was there, was it a collaborative thing? It was, yeah. Certain people that did the class went on to do the monthly show. Um, certain people, you know, were, were in the class to take the class, <laughs> imagine. And, um, didn't, you know, it was more of a side thing. They weren't necessarily invested in performing all the time. Um, but yeah, I met one of my, you know, dearest friends, the baker's daughter, um, there, and she was in the class with me and we went on to co-create more things. And I, I know we will create more in the future too. Um, but she was kind of the one that really stuck with me through, um, through all of the shows, all of the monthly shows, um, until she moved away. So was she a performer yeah. as well? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. She's an incredible performer. And the fun thing is, is that like, we got to really work through some, some deeper, heavier shit about like competition, especially Mm. in the musical theater world. And as a woman in any kind of performance, um, you know, you meet somebody that is similar to you. Um, and immediately it's ingrained, it's trained. It's all these, you know, like there's a, there's a, um, a competition and, you know, that's something I hated about the musical theater world. Um, is it was hard to make meaningful um, connections um, when you're at the at the real heart of it. You're 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 climbing a ladder and, and kicking people off in mm-hmm. order to get a role because it's so hard. It's so hard, and even if you get you know a role that you kind of are proud of and like, you know, it you 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 have to match your voice type with the kind of role, you know, if you're a soprano, then you will be the lead. If you're an alto, you'll be the, the funny or mean or sexy, you know, second, you know, uh, and that's fine. But um, anyway, we got to work through something because we were so similar. We both had the same dream. We were both from Virginia. We, we were both cooks in cafes and then did burlesque on the side and sang and made up our own songs. Like there was all these things. And we kind of like had this moment of looking at each other like, Oh, hmm. and um, we got to push past that and create together. And um, who knows what the future holds? You know, we both have this dream of having a bed and breakfast um, tavern, you know, with a with a stage and a garden and an ability to hold space for all kinds of all kinds of stuff. This is the Rose Lantern. Well, that's that's been my my personal dream that I've been I've been dreaming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rose Lantern. Um, I see it very clearly, and there's there's kind of a you know I've I've been making a a um, 
I built a house, a very, a, a tiny house on this farm that I was talking about earlier. Um, and the original idea was like, okay, we're all living on this farm. Let's make some small eco-friendly structures that, you know, can, people can stay in them. And if you leave, you know, it's, it's easy turnaround. Someone else can live there. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and then um, it just kind of evolved into something much more extravagant. And I asked my dear friend Jake to um, to put his his knowledge and his training of Japanese timber frame carpentry um, to use. And he created this, you know, this tea house, really, we created this tea house. Um, and the shoji screen doors, they glow like a lantern and um, there were all these rose panels and I had the cellar rose thing going on. So it, it became this, uh, it became the rose lantern um, and it's very small and beautiful and sweet. And I, um, but I, I see it as, as a bigger thing in my future. Mm. Yeah. I want to talk more about that later. I want to kind of want to anchor it as we talk about your development. Cause to me, it kind of seems like uh like if we're thinking of this conversation as being like a three faces, like one looking backward, one in the middle, one looking forward, I think of it as that like forward facing face. Mm, uh, yeah. And like so to, so you were, you're also living on this farm at this time. And was that in your mind? Like when, when did you start to think about that as like a potential venue? Cause I know you had some shows there too, right? Well, kind of, yeah. Um, I would do, you know, little things here and there. Um, and we, as a collective farm, would throw lots of events. I mean, that's um, that was the cornerstone of, is still the cornerstone of that farm, is, is a place for people to gather and, um, and lots of music went. That's the first time I saw, well, the first time? Yeah, I think that's the first time I saw the Honey Drops. Mm. Um, they came to stay at my, I had an Airbnb, um, before I lived on the farm and, um, we had mutual friends. And so they came to stay at my Airbnb and then they played at the farm. Um, and that's before I even lived there. Um, and yeah, I, I met so many people there. It was just a big, it's a, it's a place for, for music and performance. But for me, when, once I lived there, it was, it was kind of hard for me to, to, to motivate, to put on like a big thing. It, um, I, I, living in community is hard for me. Um, it's hard for a lot of people. Um, and I'm still kind of struggling with that. Um, and I think that I, you know, there is this, this collective, this idea of thinking in the collective, right. And we definitely need that. I need that. Um, but what you need isn't always very easy. And um, I, I I do cling to my sovereignty and my autonomy and my control. I definitely yeah. want things to be a certain way. And totally. at some point in communal living, you really have to give that up. Um, it's such so, a balance, you know, because we're all social creatures. And I know that, uh, like, I live in a, on a property with six people and, I do find a lot of times like wanting to just stay in my lane and be an isolate. Uh, and you know, but part of it is like, it's hard for me to go through that like ego death of, 
of like submitting your will to the public opinion or to the, you know, to the group think. And I think it really does take, you know, there are groups of people that I think it would be easier for me to do it with. But like when you're like united through, you know, convenience or necessity, uh, you know, Craigslist randos or whatever, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to, uh, some people are better definitely. And and I think in my younger years, maybe it was easier for me. It was a little more malleable. Um, but I, but of late, it's like, I kind of want things my way and I want you know, <laughs> to like find totally. that, uh, that balance. It is as is everything, right. You know, finding that balance so you're totally, you know, like, you have every right to feel those feelings and I have every right to feel those feelings of, of wanting things to be your own way. And I think it's like, you know, we all have to find our, our place to channel that energy. And like, you know, I see you doing it with your, bar, with your BART task, you know, mm-hmm. like this is, this is your thing and you, you hold the mic literally and you, and you, but you're also using it as a platform to bring people together and to highlight other people. And, um, so it's like, you're finding that balance really well. I, I actually, I was thinking about that while I was listening to some of your podcasts before this, you know, um, of like, like, look at this guy. He's really, you know, he's using his, his art form to not only shine, but, but allow others to shine and, um, with him. And, and I hope, you know, and I think that bringing that back to, like the Rose Lantern and Cabaret, um, he, I do feel that, you know, um, if I can, if I can host events, whether or not they are the few small like garden, you know, parties that I've held, like open mics, um, you know, if I can hold space for others to get up and have a five minute um, poetry reading or, you know, um, whatever, try, try burlesque, you know, try it, um, give them some fans and see, have them play with it, but have them do it on a stage and, and be like, okay, so this is what I love. I just did my, my thing. How do you feel? How do you feel doing it? Especially with people that have never performed before. It's really, that's something that I really get a kick out of. Yeah, I can only imagine that that uh, of all the you know the the risks to take on stage, like that's got to be one of the most vulnerable ones. But but also because of that, you know, the most potentially empowering if you can break through that membrane. And uh, you know, I could I could just see how that would be like incredibly powerful for someone, you know, getting through that threshold moment of of fear and facing it and, and revealing your body and your set and your sensuality yeah. on stage, um, how much that could really be a source of strength. Totally. Especially with the aspect of, um, you know, breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. and, and the way that these shows are literally structured with tables. Um, and, you know, yes, there's a stage, but often, often it's, more of a in the theater in the round or um you know it's a bar setting which people are comfortable in they go there they they are they're used to that and i think that you know there is this like this stigma about theater that a it's expensive b it's 
you know, inaccessible. See, you know, I, I would rather just, you know, I don't want to spend 40 bucks like on a mm-hmm. ticket. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go hang out with my friends and listen to some music and, you know, yes, probably spend more than 40 bucks <laughs> at the end of the day. But right. so, so in my mind, it's like, okay, well, how can we fuse those worlds and take people on a communal journey in that room? Um, and the interaction, getting back to what I was thinking about is like, that's my favorite part is to be able to, you know, reveal a part of myself, either emotion, either or, and emotionally and physically, um, and have people cheer because it's, it's, it's supposed to be rowdy. It's supposed to be raucous and encouraging. And, you know, people, there's somebody who will go up there and strip out of a banana suit and like, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's terrible. It, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many <laughs> moments where like, it's really terrible and it's awkward. And yet everybody is cheering and hooting and hollering and throwing dollar bills. And like, mm-hmm. you just, you can't really quantify that kind of healing. Like it's, it, it's, it's amazing. I love it. I miss it. That's awesome. I, I miss love... people throwing dirty money at me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dirty money. I'm, I'm curious, like what's your process when you're building these performances, like how do you pick your music and how do you like, what, what's your artistic process in creating these, these performances? Um, well, you know, I, I am a big lover of old jazz standards and swing music. And, um, you know, I, Sorry, was this something that you loved before you got into doing the burlesque? Yes, always, yes. Um, My sister was a swing dancer, and she was 10 years older than me, and she was just rocking the scene, and I would go to her competitions, and um, I I just, I was hooked, you know, and she would dress up full-on 40s, and um, all all of her clothes were, you know, she, she just looked like she was in that era. And um, so the music and the costumes and the dancing was a very early, you know, I, I had that in my life really early um, on. And then all, my other sister was always in musicals. And um, so that, that music, those old songs were always in my being. Um, and I loved them and I still do. And so, um, my process usually is finding one of those songs that I love, you know, take, um, what a little moonlight can do for you. Um, you know, I, I love it. And then I sit with it and I think outside the box, like you did, you know, with the poem and I'm like, okay, well, what can moonlight do for you? You know? Um, and I start sketching. I do. I mean, I've got so many journals. I try to visualize it since these kinds of acts are, so visual and, and, and about the music, of course, but also about the costumes. Um, and so I think of, I draw that out and I think of like, okay, well, you know, I, I feel high off of moonlight personally, you know, it makes me feel like it's this liquid, you know, this drink that I, that I, that doesn't even, fall into the category of alcohol, you know, or, um, it's, it's this intoxicating feeling and like, how do you get it? How do you, and I was like, well, what if you like, what if you kiss the moon? You know, if you were on a date with the moon and you kiss the moon and that's how you 
were infused with moonlight and you and and then I'm just elated and I want to dance around and take my clothes off and I'm on a date <laughs> with the moon and so it just evolves like that in a way and and um and yeah that's kind of that's kind of my process then I is, is this, this all taking place internally like is this just are you just sitting down thinking or yeah. do you write or I write it out and I draw it out I okay. definitely draw draw it out um and, 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 but I'm a very heady person and I'll sit, I'll sit there and I'll run through what I want visually for a while. Um, yeah. And then I'll test it out, but I won't test it out too much. Honestly, maybe that's not the best way, but it's the way I've been doing it. Um, because I do think that once I've got the costume, I know how it's going to evolve. Um, often I don't strip, but I transform like I'll, I'll take a costume and make it, I'll take some pieces off, but then, you know, switch them and replace and, and kind of transform the, the image that you're seeing. Um, so I've got my costume, I've got my music, I'm singing to it. I don't even practice that much, but I practice the song and then I kind of see how it goes on stage and, and do you, interact. Do you, and chore- do you choreograph anything like any dances or is that all just freestyle? It's mostly freestyle. I wish I choreographed more. I, I try to, I, I know that I'll go to the left for a little bit and then I'll go to the right and I'll, you know, but, but for the most part, no, I don't choreograph. Gotcha. Interesting. That's, yeah. that's a cool, uh, a cool way to think about it. A freestyle dancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, you know, as far as like, um, a static dance goes, for example, like that's an amazing um, art form and community and healing, um, you know, module that I feel very empowered by. And it's all about just letting go and moving um, without fear of, you know, doing the right thing, right, the right movement. And so I do feel like I tap into this my true essence when I'm, when I'm flowing, when I'm free. Um, so if I can tap into my true essence on stage and, you know, then, then, then magic happens. Then magic. Think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and how many are these, like, uh, these pieces that you prepare? Is it like, how many times do you tend to perform them? Is it just like a one-time thing that's, that's, you know, you got to be there to see or, I know with, with, uh, and we can get into this in a minute, you know, talking about your Patreon and having a, a place to store your art, you know, but just, you know, when you were just getting into the art form, was this something that you would do once or would you like take the same song and, and let it breathe on stage or, you know, can you explain a bit about that process? Yeah, definitely. Good question. Um, certain acts definitely are a one-time thing. Um, and you had to be there. (laughs) Um, and you know, sometimes the reason is that I did it and I was like, "Eh, I don't know, I could work on it and make myself feel better. But I think, I think that had just had to come out often. It's because the theme was something that I was trying to fit into the mold and it just didn't really work. Um, and so you know, like I know we had like a a heavy metal night once and I was just like, I don't know if I can even do this. Like, I just, I don't know. 
And I, I did, and it was good, but I, I don't even remember what I did. Like I, that, that act just, you know, um, went, went away as some (laughs) do. Um, (laughs) but, but then there are some pieces like my first piece feeling good. You know, that was very important to me. Um, because it was real, you know, it started off as me, you know, walking through the audience with this suitcase and I have an engagement ring on and I, I take it off. Um, and that's when the music hits and suddenly, um, I hear the birds, you know, and suddenly I see the dragonflies and, and I feel like them and I feel free. And so I let, let go and I take off my clothes and that act I've done the most. Um, and, it it really means something to me and I've tried to make it better and better. Um, and, but some of them also are a little too complicated. Like the piece of my heart one, I've done it twice. Um, and the second time I did it, I was like, I can't make this cake again. This cake was ridiculous. (laughs) I used fondant to make all the arteries. Like I don't have the time and I'm wasting way too much money for like, what you get 30 bucks and some tips. Like I need to think more, you know, (laughs) logically about this. So, um, yeah, sometimes they're too extravagant, um, to, to redo. And, and, and yeah, like you were saying, you know, that's kind of, that was the first inspiration for the Patreon page because I was like, well, I have this footage, you know, um, and, and I send it to some friends and, um, but you know, there's a place for it. Um, and, and not everyone wants to go to a burlesque show and I totally understand that you're just not in the mood sometimes and and it's always a gamble with who the other performers are going to be what the other acts are going to be like you just never know and so um being able to have a place for these videos um has been really helpful yeah yeah i'm I'm curious um because you know i do i think i know someday i will be when i feel ready to and called to like there there will be eventually a patreon in the future i I really like the business model and what they've been able to do for independent artists um and i'm curious for you like uh what attracted you to patreon what made you decide to do that platform versus you know others and what's that experience been like in in becoming a a a patreon artist (laughs) um yeah and and maybe sorry to even before that sorry to to cut you off but just for for people that don't know what patreon is can you Mm -hmm. just give a little really brief explanation of what it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's a platform for sharing your art um and and people can basically have a membership to your whatever you're offering um and they there's different tiers um so if you like an artist and they have a patreon page you you go to this website you create your profile and you um you say i'm going to be your patron you know i'm going to support you um and it's up to you as the artist to decide like what what you're offering obviously um and how much you know some people just have like a you know, one tier, you know, $1 um, a month because um, it is a monthly, it's a monthly membership basically um, of access. And, um, but the tiers are really cool because um, they allow for you to decide how much you want, you can, you are able to give. 
and what you want in, in exchange, you know? So I've got like a $1 tier and that's just MP3s of the songs that I record. Um, and then a $3 tier and that's, um, little homespun music videos of said songs. Um, and then there's the Stella Rose package, um, the full Monty, $10 a month and you get <laughs> it all. And that's the, yeah, that's the thing Sorry about the tiers is like you uh, you get if you're at the top tier, you get everything underneath it as well. Mm -hmm. So how Um, is how is this uh, like what's the change been like? I'm sure that, you know, that that it's a different experience now, like performing for your page. Like, can you can you mm -hmm. tell me a bit about how has it changed how you think about your art and, and the way that you conceptualize uh creating and is that a different process now now that you're you're doing it you know online it is it is um and there's pros and cons Uh, you know i started it out of (laughs) i started it at your house actually really i don't know yes i I was thinking about this today Hmm. When I came to visit you, I was broke and I, I, I had missed my flight home from Scotland and I was busking and I was just, I was, I was in a real low place and I had put off this idea of starting a Patreon for so long, just out of, you know, normal procrastination. Um, and I was like, okay, I need, I need something. I need, I need, I need some money, you know? And I was like, I have all of this footage of my past shows. And so, you know, I created that top tier of all this past footage. Um, and I was like, well, I need, I need some like $1 stuff, you know, and, and, and $3. So I started, I started building it on your couch. Um, wow. <laughs> that's what you were yeah. doing for all those hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it has changed, you know? Yeah. So that moment of like, well, I have these things stored and I want to share them and I know people would want them there's and and I need money and now it's more of this like okay well I need to come up with new stuff since we're still in this pandemic and I'm I don't have these live shows to film and then just pop up onto the screen you know um and it's it's been actually really cool because I've been able to stretch my video uh, production muscles and which was a very small muscle to begin with, but I learned, I've been learning and just using iMovie and, and it, um, so they're more like music videos now rather than, um, you know, a live show. Um, are you doing it all the production yourself? I am setting up or your laptop or your phone in different places. Oh, yeah. That's oh, you should see me. It's so <laughs> like I'll have my phone like taped to a hairbrush sitting <laughs> in a plant on top of a thing. Like if I only <laughs> I know I can invest, but mm-hmm. at the moment it's just like, what can I do with what I got? And... Oh, no, that's that's often the most creative, <laughs> I think, is when you have any sort of limits, you know, put on it. It really helps with the creativity. I do. I do agree with that. Like I've been, you know, when I go for runs on the water, on the bay, you know, I started taking these photos on my phone and, um, and just using the Instagram color editor to edit them. 
and mm. I, uh, I really liked how they came out and it was so easy for me to produce them and they came out so beautifully. And I, um, I even tried one day to bring my like nice, you know, $1,500 Panasonic camera down and do the same thing. And it was like, I didn't even really like, you know, I'm not like great at photo editing and it, I felt like it was getting in the way of my creativity. And I ended up taking, you know, a bunch of these photos that I'd t- taken on my iPhone and I ended up, you know, finding a, uh, a Photoshop that does aluminum prints. And I got a bunch of them printed onto these sheets of aluminum. And then I went and had an art show and, you know, I've ended up selling a couple of them to friends, but it was just like, right on. had I tried to do it with like the nicest pro level editing Photoshop, you know, yeah. Lightroom, I just never would have gotten anything done. You know, it was like too many, yeah. um, you know, and I want to learn all that stuff, but like, I think there's real wisdom in, in just, you know, picking, you know, what, where's my barrier of entry and, and how can I, you know, in, in really as a creative, like deciding like, what is the creative work I want to, you know, apply my limited amount of energy to, uh, because it takes a lot of energy to be creative and, you know, And, you know, the hope being that eventually you can get to a place where the resources allow you to hire someone to do the stuff that you don't want to do or it doesn't excite you as much. Um, So that's really cool to hear, like, you being so resourceful and like, yeah, use iMovie. It's great. It's, you know, 30 years ago, people would have killed to have something that does what that does. You know, it's like such a sophisticated program uh, just because there's, you know, even a um, hierarchy now of programs. It doesn't mean that that the basic one isn't super powerful and able to, to, uh, you know, output things that are of quality. Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole podcast, you know, this is episode 27 we're recording right now. It's all been on GarageBand, (laughs) you know? So it's like, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) uh, you know, it's easy. And and look, I defy anyone to to actually be able to hear the difference. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, thing we're doing here talking into a box mm-hmm. but you know i could have spent cool months too. trying to learn you know adobe edition or one of these quote-unquote pro level things spent money but instead i was like i just want to do the art you know yeah yeah and i and i and i i think that like you know what what you're saying one of the things that i hear you saying is you know what do I want to spend my time on? You know, there's so, if you, I know you and I know me and I, um, you know, there's a lot of hobbies. There's a lot of beautiful things to do in the world. There's a lot of things to create that come from a real place as well that you need to create. And then there's life (laughs) and like (laughs) making money and connecting with your family and taking care of yourself and people. Like there's just only so much time. So like I am, I will never be a snob, man. There's just no time for being a snob. (laughs) And not that not, I do uh, like can't wait as well for the day that I can connect with other creatives and have the money to support them and be like, you do, you get it. Like I want, you've studied for this. You've got the expertise. You're an actual artist in this field. Like get it. Um, But you know what, right now, especially with the pandemic, like, we're doing what we can with what we have and our phones are really powerful. And this free software is really powerful. And if you put your own heart 
in it and um, have a level of humor to it, you know, to not take yourself too seriously. And some really awesome stuff can come out that people will enjoy more than a, you know, pristine um, photograph, you know, uh, yeah, or or video. And especially like, I I kind of feel like of late, there's been almost a... um, a return or a, a fashion, especially online with content that like lo-fi is actually be, is back in fashion. And like, you know, I was talking with, with our friend Lesh the other day about this, you know, he was telling me, you know, they go and do these big fancy live streams at the venue with all these different cameras and it's this mm. big production. He's like, that's all well and cool. But a lot of people like the funky, you know, lo-fi video from his living room. That's a little more authentic. That's through the camera and his laptop. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. I think think he has a really good intuition there, you know, and this year I've seen him get way more into doing these, like, you know, kind of lo-fi content creation stuff through his phone or through his laptop. And, um, you know, there's, it's one thing to do a really beautiful bit, you know, budget, uh, music video that's that looks really pro and good but i think that there's so much content on the internet and we've almost been trained as a society to accept you know the lo-fi basic now that everyone's got a camera in their pocket yeah um it, it does seem to be like in fashion to, you know that that in itself is a legitimate art form totally and i'm glad about that it's real you know it's definitely real um it's a it's a plus to this year for sure and i do think that the honey drops really nailed it because you know there were so many people doing live shows um but only a certain only a couple artists for me at least uh, you know only a couple artists you know i wanted to return to watching their their live streams um and it's not anyone's fault you know, but I do think that the, 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 the window of opportunity to just be real in your living room rather than kind of like set up this, like, you know, um, we're still, we're still doing exactly what we were doing before. Um, you know, it, it feel, it's harder to engage because everyone is sitting in their living room right. and that's okay right now, you know? And so it's real and that's what art is both, you know, is that's part of art, you know, is, mm-hmm. It's just reflecting what's real. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm curious uh, as you continue to develop, you know, this this identity as an artist and develop your art itself. Like, you know, one one thing that's come up for me of late. Um, I mean, it's not like this is the first time. This is kind of a constant part of the creative process. But just, uh like figuring out how to navigate like my down cycles, my creative down cycles. Mm. I know we talked about this a lot when you were coming and staying with us, but you know, I'm just coming out of now out of like a, you know, a couple weeks of a really intense down cycle, more, more of a couple months of down cycle, but like the last couple of weeks have been really hard and I've had a really hard time being productive and feeling success and, there's a lot of emotional ups and downs inherent in that. And I'm just curious if, if you can speak to any of that, you know, in your own process, it's, we often as artists like to highlight and, and see other artists highlighting our successes. And, um, you know, that's such a tip of the iceberg scenario for a lot of us. 
Mm, yeah, um, I'm all about talking about the the down the, <laughs> the down stuff because um, it's been that's been real. I'm mm. not gonna you know um, there's no getting around that. It's been a really dark time last couple of months for for many people, um, definitely me. And um, staying creative within that is sometimes impossible. Um, however, even as I say that, like. I feel like my relationship with my own creativity is very flexible and I'm, you know, um, I'm creative in, in ways, in different ways. Like it'll come out in different ways. Um, I am not always able at all to access my sensuality, for example, or mm-hmm. even tap into like, sometimes I just, I I feel like I can't sing. I can't sing anymore. And, um, I stopped practicing. I stopped training and, um, and I, I smoke too much weed and I wake up and immediately start scrolling through Instagram. Like I've got tons of bad habits that, that rear their ugly head, you know? Um, but finding ways to creatively get out of them and creatively make a situation better Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like I am scrappy. I, I found my way in this world by being like turning weird situations or strange, not so good situations into something better and funny and beautiful. Um, and so, you know, whether or not that's through food or, um, just, I don't, I don't know. You know, my, my, my rock these days has been roller skating. You know, Mm. that's been my most creative time, honestly, is roller skating. (laughs) And, and I, um, roller burlesque in the near future. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. It's fun. And it helps me connect to my inner child, like, um, and not take myself too seriously and know that I'm going to fall. Um, and yeah, switching things up helps in those, those, those dark times. Um, just adding something completely different to my, my day to day. Um, you know, I've gotten really into anime lately and mm. I'm okay with it. I'm liking it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go and, full cosplay on us, Stella? <laughs> oh my God. I know. Right. I'm, I'm tempted. Like, yeah. I don't know. I always used to kind of make fun of, Oh, it's um, super hot. But, that, that shit is super but it is hot. hot. To me. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 interesting. You know, I heard you say like, you know, getting in the down cycles and trying to find ways to get out of it, and you know, I would. I think like one of the things that my both my because I have like a therapist and a coach that I've been working with, and they both have been like using language about like, like, cause the, the tendency when you're in that place is it's often so, so uncomfortable that like the, that intuitively we like search for a way to change it or to get out of it. And they keep trying to get me to, to work on like just the acceptance of it. And that like, it's going to just like, rather than resisting it or, or, or pushing against it, like, or like trying to white knuckle and just push myself to be creative in spite of it, like giving, giving myself the time to just like be in the down cycle and be like, okay, this is yeah. like, like, I think you might, you might resonate with this too, but like for us creatives, like 
there isn't like the corporate ladder of like, well, you work two years in a basic sales position. And then if you hit your metrics, we're going to put you up to a senior <laughs> account management and then up to a VP. Like there is none of that. We have what to a- design our own workflow. And, and, and really, I think, you know, a big thing about being a modern artist is like, is, is really like defining for yourself. Like, well, how many hours a week do I work? And, what does that look like? And do I bring in, like, how do I support myself? Is there going to be other stuff that I do? And you know, that I'm still totally trying to, to design a system. And, and until you start to, I think, experience like material success, it, it's all kind of a theor- theoretical space. And so like, I was, I was talking about this with my therapist the other day, but just like, you know, I'm, I'm, even though like I don't want to measure my success in, in purely materialist materialistic metrics, like that is, you know, a really useful tool for justifying my own eccentricities as an artist, right? Like in our society, we give, yeah. we grant license to, to artists eccentricities based on the amount of like material success they have. And so that's, you know, that is something I'm aware of and I'm like, Oh man, like, you know, if I'm making 10 grand a month, uh, doing my art, like then I can take whatever days off I need. You know what I mean? Like then my, then my down, my, my, my navigation of the downtimes, it really does feel like, you know, it's like, well, I'm doing something that works because I can support myself or, you know, there's like these kind of milestones that happen. And when, you know, even though the money's not here, I still feel like I can start building the fundamentals of, you know, of that system right now and experimenting and trying to like, um, you know, lately I've been working with this idea of, of being able to celebrate my victories, uh, at this stage, because I know, you know, there's a lot of very successful artists out there that don't feel their success at all. And that are like, still Mm -hmm. feel like a failure. And I'm like, well, maybe I can work on that right now. And, and, and then be operating from a place where I'm like, man, I'm successful already you know like yes um, and like what 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 is success mm-hmm. i think it's different to ev- for every person but i i do feel the need to redefine success for myself um and go on that journey with my friends and colleagues about like well, what does it mean to be successful like at this point right now mm-hmm. you know um food <laughs> a roof over my head um, a friend to call if I need somebody to call to check up on me, a, a candle, a bottle of wine, like the, for me, that's success. And, um, and, and I'm doing that. And I always have had those, I'm lucky and privileged enough to always have been able to have those things in my life. And for me, that's succeeding. Um, but, but then there's this other voice inside that's from my conditioning that's like, um, no, <laughs> much bigger than that. Like, where is your, where is your headlining? You know, where is your, where is your money? Where is your savings account? I mean, um, uh, but it's hard. It's hard to make money as an artist, um, without feeling like you're, you know, selling yourself. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's an old story, you know, um, that's, that is why I've always like had something that was my breadwinner. You know, I've always been 
almost always a cook or in some sort of service um, by day and then performing by night. Um, but there's downsides to that too, because it, it drains, it's definitely very, very draining, at least that line of work. And I want to be able to find a way to spin a web. I was thinking about that while you were talking about, you know, like how can we spin our webs to support our success? Um, and it, it is about getting a little scrappy and thinking like, okay, well maybe, you know, lately I've been like, okay, I'm going to start making candles, um, uh, and make them cool and make them tell a story and, you know, rose petals in them and different things that are me, but just make some candles. It's easy. And I can hustle Etsy and that'll be something that I can do from anywhere in the world. You know, as long as I have a pot and a, a access to a stove, you know, um, and, Anyway, that's like a side thing to add to to everything um, because I know myself, and if I go full on in one direction, I'll burn out. I'll just I, yeah. I have to like I have to spin a web of different things. Yeah, I mean it's smart from a creative perspective, from an economical perspective, um, and it's also you know when I think of making candles, I think of like a Zen activity that's. That is a time yeah. of rest, even as you were like creating something that you can support yourself from, like, you know, put yeah. on a song, put on a supporting. podcast, put on an audio book and just get into the mm -hmm. wax world, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. It soothes my mind, you know, like it stimulates me to be on stage and then I need to come down. Um, and so that's where craft, um, crafts come in handy and woodworking and all that jazz. So that leads me to the question, mm -hmm. what does success look like for you? Like, what is, what does success mean to you? Success means being able to have my own container, um, have my own container um, to create in. And I do look at that as, as like a house. Um, uh, but I also feel like success for me is being able to serve people. Um, and I want, I feel that success will be when all of my passions come together into one, one, you know, umbrella um, one tavern, if you will. Yeah, that is what I physically want. You know, I want this bed and breakfast where I can make money and support myself. Um, but also be able to open my door for someone in need for a friend, um, and, and be able to have a, a stage for myself so that I always can perform and a stage for other people and to be able to facilitate events, um, the way that I want to do it. Um, I do want to, uh, build something, um, to be able to grow old in and, you know, I want to do it myself, but I also know that I can't do it alone. So, um, currently success also looks like opening up my heart and my mind and my, um, resources and being able to trust people and collaborate, um, and build something with other people as well. 
Is this the Rose Lantern now that we're talking about? Yes. (laughs) So can we, I, first of all, I love what you just said. It's so much of it, like touches on my own, you know, dreams, you know, and what you're, what you're sharing. I think like, uh, that, that structure, that container that you just described, um, is kind of what I'm trying to build with this podcast, you know, and this, this idea that, uh, I want to create this platform, uh, both for myself as an artist, uh, but also like really for my community and like, man, like the stuff that makes me feel the best about this show is like when I get to bring someone on and they get to be like, they get to be the, the, the star, they get to be the, the act, they get to be the focus. And, <laughs> it does feel at times like a service and it does, you know, if, if, if I could get to a place enough where like my audience grows, where like someone can come on and have like a real change in their, in their art, you know, where they can get a boost or they can get a, you know, some momentum off of coming and talking about it. Like, man, that seems, feels like such success to me and um, a, a digital Rose Lantern, if you will. But, but let's yeah. paint let's paint a word picture right now of of this dream that you have of this thing called the rose lantern. Like, what does this thing look like? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? <laughs> can you can you take yeah. me there? I can take you there. Yeah. Um, so in the dark, in in nature, um, when you feel a pull towards a glow, um, much like fireflies in the forest um, or literally you know a tavern in a cold night like that feeling of walking through the darkness towards a warm light and you you start to hear you know a fiddle and you feel the vibration of of a bass and you can feel it in the in the ground that you're walking on and and um, you know that you know that it's welcoming, you know, that something is already going on there um, and that you will most likely be inspired and you start to smell things though too. You start to smell pie, you start to smell bread, you start to smell all that good stuff that makes you feel like a human personally. I think it makes you feel human and rooted in, in um, the simple things, soup, bread, music, um, and, and fire warmth. Um, so, you know, whether that looks like walking through, you know, I do, I do see it in more of in, an, um, you know, outside of town, um, a little bit, um, where you can be loud until late, you know, um, and there are, there's plenty of room to lay out picnic blankets and, um, and just and garden and enjoy nature by day. Um, and, you know, this idea of the lantern, these that, that was inspired by the Shoji screen doors on my house. Um, I, I see it as, as a physical, like I always want that for the bigger, for the bigger Rose Lantern that someday will be. Um, I do definitely want there to be Shoji screen doors. Um, Mm. and a lot of, a lot of, um, round arches, um, a lot of circles and, um, and 
interesting kind of Art Nouveau um, organic inspired architecture, um, but also the the simplicity that that so much Japanese carpentry brings this 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 grounded nature based simplicity that really calms my mind. Um, so that that's kind of the feeling, the senses, um, and on a more realistic level, you know, um, gosh, a big open maybe barn like you know maybe there is a barn and then an actual farmhouse and the barn is for the bigger events and the dances and that's where the swing band is that's where the dancers are um you know that's where the little lanterns are hanging from from the rafters um and then the actual house uh, i'll be cooking my friends will be cooking i'll be cooking um and there'll be a really, really cozy living room and there'll be rooms upstairs for rent. Um, and it'll be really home style and, um, I'll get to sing whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I a true, a true, you know, a tavern in the classical sense, like an inn. Yeah. You know, it yeah. makes me think of all these fantasy novels that I read. They're always, they're always stopping off at these taverns with the girls, serving yeah. girls and the, the musicians playing and the hot stew that you dip your chunks of bread into, you know. Yes, yes, yes. You I got like, it. I and I mean, yeah, it's such a fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, why the hell not? Like, yeah. I know I have all the skills to make that happen. And I know everyone and their mother will enjoy it. So, like, there's nothing really stopping me. But Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it reminds me of this place that I that I got to uh experience when I was traveling in, in Northern India, I was in the Himalayas and there was this, um, really cool, uh, kind of what you just described in a way. It was like a restaurant that also had rooms. They had like yoga retreats there. It was this German woman who married an Indian man and the Indian man was a music teacher. So they had a music school there and then they had like this big open lawn and the, all the like t- tables where they would serve breakfast. You know, they yeah. had really good coffee. So I'd go there to get coffee with real cream and they'd make you eggs and uh, like a German bakery. But then you had the music school next door and they had the people coming oh. on. It was just this beautiful space with all these tropical birds and stuff. Um, and yeah, that that dream sounds real, real to me. And you know, it's funny when, when I first was reading your words on your Patreon about it. And when you were first talking about it, I got this image in my mind of like, um, almost like a, like a gypsy wagon. Yes. Like a (laughs) red gypsy wagon that that had different things that fold off the sides, almost like you would have like this trap mini traveling version of that. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like really a mobile excited. version of what you just described where you would have your little like fold out kitchen and a state, you could set it up as like the backdrop to a stage and kind of this like tiny home on wheels thing. Um, that, uh, maybe it's a microcosm of that larger capital D dream, but, uh, but that you, you know, that was just an image that popped into my head as you were talking. Well, it's real. That's why it popped in. I will literally send you, when we get off this, I'll send you some pictures of my journal because that's, I do see that as the next step. Like I know that I have enough materials 
and know how to like, I know I can tackle that. And I'm also feeling very pulled to move back to the mainland and just be more connected to my sisters, to my nephews, to, you know, to friends that I left behind eight years ago and just not be in the middle of the ocean anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I love it, but I need to be more connected. And so I've been up lately, I've been obsessed with this idea of, of making a wagon, a a mobile rose lantern and, um, and having, and especially because of the times that we're in right now, I know that if I could, if I could start small and, you know, um, take a couple months and build it out or less, um, I could be, it could be perfect timing to be able to drive around the country and pull up in a town and unfurl the sails, as you say, you know, and, and have a show that can, you know, depending on where we're at, like it can be socially distanced. It can be in somebody's yard. It can Mm -hmm. be, you know, um, food truck style, but like with, you know, with this element of performance, um, and this glow, um, so you are right. Yeah. And and I see, I see you like, I mean, what a story, first of all, like that's a story that, that needs to be created so it can be told. Um, but, but also like, I just have this image of you pulling into a town and having local artists come and collaborate with you, you know, having a, like a mobile, it's like this mobile kind of open mic, you know, you know, cabaret, I, I had this this line stuck out to me when you were talking earlier about burlesque, a great name for a burlesque show just called Try Burlesque, you know? <laughs> I love that. Try Burlesque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. And uh, just, I think that's a beautiful idea and a really beautiful dream. And, you know, I, I could totally see you, um, you know, as you're, as you're, I could see a snowball effect as you continue to travel and breathe air into it that, you know, what sorts of cool creatives might get caught up and stuck along the way, you know, maybe you end up with a full <laughs> gypsy train by the end of it. <laughs> that, that would be great. Thank you for seeing that so clearly. I appreciate your words. I got to find picture these pictures, um, my friend, uh, shout out Sergio from Bellinas. His his father is a classic Bohemian Bellinas Bohemian man, and he built the most gorgeous, ornate, uh, like little gypsy wagon that's that was parked in Bellinas for many many a year. And I I need to find some pictures of it so I can send it to you because it would be a great inspiration when you, when you're looking at designs and whatnot. But oh yeah, uh, I would love that. What were those called? Shoji? Shoji? Shoji, yeah. Shoji screens. So those like screens rice are, paper. Yeah. yeah. They feel so nice, you know, to be around. Oh God, yeah. Although I'm I am thinking like logistically, um, you know, with with uh, my house it's okay because there's a roof that goes, you know, out and creates an awning so that rain doesn't damage them. But I I, I might have to get creative with if it's a mobile one um and not use you know i might have to might might have have to put shutters on them you know or a wooden outer layer you know they could be protected and slide in but i love that i love that idea and it's funny how you know i think one of the things when you're doing your own thing like this when you're building your own dream like 
the planning and the logistics become the art as much as the actual like the fruit the, the oh yeah you know the good we're, we're we're creating these gardens and the fruit yeah. of the garden might get to be the actual you know the the performance or whatever we think of as the the classical art but like so much of it is the rest of the infrastructure that you're creating to have that and if you can make that you know be as much of your creative process i keep trying to remind myself like yeah. i might do one podcast a week but there's a lot of hours of like phone calls and finding guests and learning about this or that or trying to you know oh you know i spent i had the coolest afternoon you know with my friend shout out forest draw everywhere this amazing artist on my street he's been helping me uh we're doing a work trade i'm going to make him a video for his one of his murals and uh he's going to help me with a rebrand and, and make me a new logo and so nice. we we, we had lunch yeah we had lunch together and uh we ended up sitting on his deck and you know having this conversation of you know it's the, we've had several of these just about the the logo idea and what does it represent and what is it going to be and through this conversation it evolved into suddenly realizing that there's a character that's the hobart that needs you know this this little character that needs to be part of it and then it was just like he busted out his big sketchbooks and he just starts drawing as we're talking and he keeps coming oh, up with cool. these little cartoon characters and like, I'm like, Oh, make the eyes a little bigger. Oh, you know, and like, <laughs> it's like his favorite thing in the world is to sketch these little creatures and these dudes. And I'm like, we're in this full creative flow as he's like, I mean, he's such a powerful artist. And it, for me, like having someone like that, who who's fully like locked in creating for me in real time, it was like this, heady heady feeling you know and fe feeling so yeah. grateful that someone who is so uh developed and, and sought after he, he's not taking any new clients right now you know he's like this very successful bay area uh -huh. artist but i have him here for an afternoon like drawing <laughs> gremlin-y creatures <laughs> as we try to figure <laughs> out like which one of them represents like my creative essence you know it's like oh my god was, see that is success right there it was a therapy <laughs> yeah i felt very successful walking off that step you know and we we got pretty close and we're gonna keep letting it breathe but uh yeah. but there's this new image this new symbol in my mind of of my creativity that's really cool and it's uh yeah, it's 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 an exciting time, you know. We we go through a lot as artists. We got to stay sensitive and stay open, but yeah, the, the the richness of it. I couldn't have it any other way. You know what I mean? Like it's no, it's, and uh, the process. I just love what you're saying about the process, and I totally agree. Like it for me, it is the process. The the you know staying up until four a.m putting rhinestones like rearranging rhinestones and letting my neurotic brain just go to town and then you know ending up in this situation where I didn't really plan that well even though I'm I stayed up all night and then suddenly I'm in front of people like even though it was messy it was so fun and it, it fed my my adventurous spirit to to be putting myself in through a struggle you know through a like yes I know I could have planned that out better and and yeah. and you know slept more and <laughs> um all that but it wouldn't have been the same and that's just it's just my expression and I'm not perfect not no one is and mm -hmm. um the process is 
is um, is beautiful and it's never going to stop. You know, it's going to continue evolving and whether or not, you know, your podcast suddenly becomes visual and you, you have, you're the host of your own TV show or, <laughs> you know, my wagon turns into a ship instead. And, right. you know, like we have to stay open and, and enjoy the ride. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. love it. You know, one of the, I think, uh, earlier this was, this came up or just this idea of, um, you know, doing art, as as if it was like a career choice or you know like i feel like for me doing art was like realizing like oh this doesn't hurt you know <laughs> like for uh-huh. for so long like trying to develop my quote unquote career was so painful and like doing this creative life is like it's part of it is as painful as it as it is often it's like oh this is like you know, this is not the existential agony of that the nine to five life was for me, you know, I'm this kind of art actually, or this kind of pain that I experience actually has meaning and that, uh, you know, that, that being able to stay tender and, you know, and understand just cause it's just cause you're hurting or just cause you're in a difficult moment. It doesn't even really mean that anything's necessarily wrong, you know? Um, being able yeah. to sit with that idea of like, man, I'm having a hard time right now, but what if, what if this moment's enough? Like, what if this is okay? You know, what if, what if it's okay right yeah. now that I'm, that it's hard? Yeah. And it is okay. And sitting with your shadow and sitting, sitting through those moments, we were talking about this before, um, not trying to fix it always. I've definitely struggled with, I'm always trying to fix mostly other people, you know, um, <laughs> taking, taking care of people, trying to fix them, trying to convince mm-hmm. them of something, trying to, you know, um, feed them, um, you and, know, and, and it's like, always the parts of the other people that are, that are you, that you're trying to fix, right? Like you're oh, seeing yeah. the things that you don't like about yourself in these others. And so <laughs> yeah. you're like, I got to fix you. Cause that'll fix me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's true. Thanks for bringing that up because that is real. Oh my God. It's so real, especially with family, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and anyone that you get close to, it's all just reflections. The things that start bugging you about someone, you're like, why does this bug me so much? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's inside of me. Too. Yeah, totally. No, that's, that's uh, I mean, I have this, this su- supreme blessing of having a brother who's, so close to me in age and style and voice and looks. And I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, the things that I can't stand about him the most are, you know, it's like looking in a mirror. It's very evident of like, Oh, this is my shit. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man. No better teacher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the chone just moved out of my house. Actually. He, I, I don't know if I told you, but he moved in in June into the back unit. And I did fi- know that. We fixed it up and we built a sauna and we got this big vision for our yard. We're we're kind of creating a little rose lantern in our backyard too. We we built a stage and uh we're gonna be yeah. doing live live shows as soon as things start to open up more. Um but Yay. but he just moved he recently moved out like last a couple weeks ago, um or last week. Our mom's best friend owns this property here in Berkeley and the back unit, uh, her son's moving out. Who's been renting there. And so it's this like really nice, you know, like studio 
with a separate room that uh, is set up to become a music studio. So like my brother is, has moved in there and he's pursuing his big Rose Lantern dream of, of becoming, you know, this producer and having this really nice music studio that people can come in and record in, you know, maybe bands that can't pay for the full big professional studio can come in there and, and he's got his thing that he does well. And, um, and so he's taking another, you know, he's taking a swing at it too. And I'm sad he's, he's gone, but I also really support him and, and his endeavor. And, um, it's just an exciting time, you know, as, as much as it's hard for everybody with the, with the shutdown, I'm just, I'm just seeing such a, in a lot of ways, us, us weirdo artists are like the best situated to, to roll with these punches. Cause we're like, all right, like <laughs> shit's funky and weird. I've been here before, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally. Oh man. It's the funk that, you know, brings out the, the good, good usually. Exactly. And, but also at the same time, it's okay if it's not, and this is not a productive time, but it sure as hell is like a very, for all the transitions that I'm seeing in other people. And it sounds like, you know, you guys are going through and, um, there are so many juicy, awesome, uh, you know, transitions. Um, and I, yeah, I, I'm sad that I didn't get to experience both of you guys living in that property at once. That must've been it was pretty sweet. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Just sweet. Yes. But we got another member of our, of the family of the, of the larger East Bay honey drops music family moving in the back unit. And, our buddy Craig is, is moved in, moving in and right. he's, uh, he's another weirdo that I'm, so I wanted to get another weirdo in the backyard and, and, uh, <laughs> we got him in. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, I mean, he's, he's redoing it himself. He's putting his own touch on the back room and, uh, he's in the process of moving in. So we're going to, he's another musician. He plays accordion and trumpet and, Oh, there you go. Um, we're going to have, it's going to be cool. You're going to have to definitely come through. Maybe Stella can make an appearance. I'm, I'm definitely uh, going to be trying to do, you know, these, you know, the dream is maybe like once a month, these kind of pop-up style, you know, re-socialization events that are going to allow people to, to kind of just gently one toe at a time, ease back into the pool yeah. of humanity and, and, uh, you know, kind of just like rework those muscles of like being in a social setting yeah. and also having Beautiful. lots of good music. <laughs> it's a muscle, man. I mean, like I consider myself a pretty like, you know, extroverted, easygoing conversationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been some moments in the past couple months where I've like seen somebody granted, like often, you know, you're out in public and you've got a mask on and it's awkward and you're like, not sure where their boundaries are, or who they're around. And like, and I've, I've, I've just, I've, I don't think I've ever been this socially awkward. Um, I need, I need some, I need some, uh, I need to go in one toe at a time as well. Um, yeah. And that's saying something coming from me. It's yeah. um, especially the last couple months since I've been like, so, um, quarantined and just like family vibes. Right. I've been anti. I haven't been Stella Rose. I've been anti anti Tara. And <laughs> and she's yeah. I mean, she's I feel little... like I got to see that side of you when you were staying here, and you were feeling yeah. sick, and we kind of got to nurse you back to health in our home. And I I saw Her the did. like c- cocoonated 
Tara Diva, you know, in your chrysalis, birthing unknowingly to me, birthing a Patreon platform. And, uh, you know, it's. That was a really palpable time, honestly. It really was. I was going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scary. It was a very tender and sweet time, and I was really stoked that uh, I had a home to offer up as, as like a place to, to go through that, you know, cause yeah. you know, nobody knows better than me when you're traveling, what a, what a hot shower means and a, and a couch oh. to lay on and a, and a place of safety and comfort, you know, that's often yeah. harder to come by than one might expect when you're out in the world. Yeah, it was, it was, oh my God. I mean, both you and Lesh, like, just being able to feel home after being out of a backpack for so long and feeling so downtrodden, you, you both were so incredible in that way. And, and I, you know, I got to actually like feel the, the home that is Oakland as well, you know, and, um, and yeah, you, you just like your podcast, you know, you do have this incredible gift of, um, of support and, and holding and holding space. Um, but truly, um, and whether or not it's on the airwaves or your physical space and, and yeah, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for you too. Um, and, and for all the energy and light you bring and you were definitely doing, throwing me that energy at, at, at Oregon country fair. And when we first met, you know, and I can't wait to go back there. I'm, I'm I'm really, take me back. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be we'll be doing my best to get back in when the t- when the time is right. Um, so, well, thank you so much for coming on the Bartcast. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Before we wrap things up, I'm just wondering, you know, let's 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 put your plugs out there. How do people find you? How do people connect? What's the best way to uh, to experience your art? Yeah, thank you for. Um saying that so yeah i mean you know my patreon is definitely what has the most of my art right now um it's it's patreon.com slash the rose lantern um and you know but in this time instagram has been also a wonderful and obviously you know free social media space to to share and um it's ms.stella.rose um miss and you can definitely find me there um and i also have a youtube account and um yeah you can find me in those places hell yeah miss stella rose well (laughs) man it's been so good getting to hear your voice i i forgot how much i like this timbre of your voice and you wiggle the airwaves with your vocal cords you know (laughs) been a sweet wiggle wiggle of getting to it has getting to uh i mean that's what's so cool about this art form is like it's like it these days we almost need an excuse to like just dedicate an hour of interaction with another person <laughs> so like totally it's it's my art but it's also like the selfish knowledge that like hey i get like uninterrupted friendship for you know with this person and um, totally. I mean, honestly, I've been very introverted and unfortunately the dearest people in my life have experienced me like just not calling them back mm-hmm. and, 
um, can't, you know, just can't do it for some reason, just can't do it. So you, uh, <laughs> you know how to get me. <laughs> there you go. Put, me on there. <laughs> put you on, put you on right on. Well, uh, well, I love you, Tara. And thank you so much for coming on and, and let's keep in touch and, um, yeah. let's make that, let's make that Rose Lantern a reality. All you out there listening, go check her out on Patreon, the Rose Lantern, check the Insta and uh until uh until our next talk um be be so well be very well i'm wishing wishing your pops uh healing and uh and please let me know when you're coming through the east bay because i would love to see you again oh we gotta we gotta end with this we gotta end with this anecdote okay okay? uh i wanted to just put on put down on on this episode i almost forgot to talk about it like our amazing 30 minute hang the last time we hung out. Uh, do you remember this? Like two years ago we had like, Wait. You, you were like the ultimate 30 minute tour guide. So like I'll, I'll set up oh, the context yeah. and then you can echo back with your experience of it. So like for all you out there, 2019 spring of 2019, my parents, uh, and, I, you know, we're like, hey, we're getting all the kids together. We got this sweet beach house in Hanalei on Kauai. We'll pay for the beach house. You guys just need to get plane tickets out there. So our whole family, me, Tony, older brother Chester and his kids, my sister Kelly, uh, we all had this amazing week in Hanalei on the North Shore of Kauai, uh, staying at this beach house, swimming every day, eating tons of good food. And then on our way back... We, uh, as it were, as it turned out, we had a three hour layover in, uh, Honolulu. So, uh, I hit up my friend Tara and I was like, Hey, we're coming through. Like we've got a three hour layover. Can we make this work? And, uh, and you showed up and, and we, uh, we, we got off the plane and we were like to our parents, we're like, we'll see you guys in like an hour. <laughs> and you picked us up in your car and, you had like a joint rolled and we, we went to the two exits down the freeway. You had tea in your cup. You're like, here, take a hit of the joint here. Take a sip of the tea. And we spent like exactly a half an hour, like at the botanical gardens of Honolulu and you got us back in time for our flight. And you know, we showed back up at the airport, like super happy and stony and our parents like, we're like, what did you just go do? And we just told them, and everyone was just so jealous. They're just like, lucky, what? Like, <laughs> oh, that was so wonderful. I honestly like that. I love a good challenge. I really do, especially when it comes to like making someone happy mm-hmm. um, or hosting. And the time frame was was perfect. So I was like, fuck, like, what do I do? You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that botanical garden was perfect. We got to stretch our legs. We did some. We did some uh, cartwheels, yeah. hugged some trees. We got one selfie in. Great. We had a great selfie. Did very well on Instagram. <laughs> a lot of likes. It did. <laughs> and like the, a little It was like such an efficient hang. Like I felt like getting back on the plane, like like it had it had like done what it needed to do as far as like maintain like keeping our friendship relevant and current in my heart, yeah. you know, like it was, we crammed so much love into 30 minutes, you know, it was, yep. it was really, really special. <laughs> it's amazing what, 
some trees and a joint and tea will do. That's really all you need. Yeah. I think there was um, even some chocolate too. I, I think you had some chocolate for us. There was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just it's a simple true... thing. So that was a wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful so thing. all you <laughs> out you there. Remembering you coming... that. Yeah. Hit me up if you got a layover. <laughs> yeah. Layover. It was Tara, the layover lady. And, uh, <laughs> You know, if you, I think we made up a song, right? We sang a song about it. Bingo. <laughs> I feel like there was a song about it. All you need is a little bit of weed and a. Uh, <laughs> Tara, uh, the layover lady. Lady. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But oh. To all you out there, if you only got a couple hours, if you have a couple hours and you got a friend, you can do a lot with like 30 minutes of hanging out and don't let it, you know, luckily maybe it's only in Hawaii. We got through the, the security so fast cause it's so laid back, but um, <laughs> it, to me it was amazing and it really represents just what a special creature you are and how grateful I am to know you. It's Ronaldo. mutual my friend. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, just much love and and let's connect soon, okay? Sounds good. I'll talk to Thank you later. You. Bye, everybody. Bye. Isn't she lovely? Yeah. Thank you so much, Stella, Tara, uh, for coming on. And uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that. That was really fun for me. Um, go check her out. Um, you can connect on Instagram, ms.stella.rose or, or at the Rose Lantern. Um, you can check her out on Patreon too, under Stella Rose or Miss Stella Rose. Uh, and, and just, you know, if, if anything she was saying was resonating, you know, go support her. This is, this is what we all talk about when we talk about supporting independent artists and, um, really cool to be seeing my friend following her dream and and developing her craft and explaining her process and uh it was so much fun just just getting to connect as well cool guys uh you know long intro so i'm gonna keep the outro kind of short but uh just to say looking forward got a bunch of really interesting and cool guests coming up for you guys on the horizon these next couple months uh or look shaping up to be um, really full of, of, I've got some interesting people um, lined up for the show. I'm really excited about. Um, and if you like it, please spread the word this year, really trying to grow the listenership and, uh, and get the word out about the Bart cast and uh, word of mouth right now is really like the main way I have of, of, uh, of advertising i haven't put any money into like facebook or any of these things i don't really it's it's hard i'm like struggling with like how do i increase listener listenership and promote without while still you know while still staying authentic and and not coming phony or or fake i gotta it's really important to me that i come correct on this and and uh you know i know there's people out here out there that would like these conversations but i'm not trying to push it on anybody you know it, this is my thing. So it's, it's no pressure, but if, if you do know someone who's into podcasts who uh, you think would be interested in this, this, this thing that I'm doing, uh, please share it with them and, 
um, you know, in, in whatever way seems to make sense to you or feels authentic to you and much appreciated. And for those of you that have been listening, like so much love and appreciation, I, I really means a lot. Um, I'm really, really having fun doing this. All right, folks, until the next time, much love to you all. Be well, my friends.